mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighters Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. And welcome on in, everybody. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. It's Tobin here with you as we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Last night, of course, it is Cinco de Mayo weekend, so Canelo Alvarez was going to be in action. He fought Daniel the Miracle Man Jacobs yesterday and won by unanimous decision to win the IBF middleweight championship to add to his collection of WBA middleweight champion and WBC middleweight champion and Ring Magazine middleweight champion and is continuing to collect hardware all over the middleweight division so Canelo yesterday put forth he got out to a really big lead on this fight and pressed forth on a in a position where you know Daniel Jacobs had a lot of work to do early on and I thought that going into this I picked last week I picked Daniel Jacobs to win this upcoming bout um you know I just thought that he would be able to present a lot of problems put some uh influence on to how Canelo was going to fight it was actually the opposite you know, uh, this this entire fight was pretty spun on its head early on. Canelo was the one who was the aggressor. He was making the timely shots. He was the one who was being quite accurate. His head movement was fantastic. His range was fantastic. All that stuff. And it, it really set the tone. He's done this now for a couple fights in a row. Because, Well, I should say he's done this now three fights in a row because I forget about the Rocky Fielding fight, which was uh, kind of just a, a showcase over at Super Middleweight. But, uh, you know, going back to the Gennady Golovkin fight, he did a lot of this as well, where he's getting out, he's setting that tone early, and and making his opponent um, feel himself and 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 get that impact early on, even if he's not the naturally bigger guy. So, I think seem. Uh, so I, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, he knows that he's going into these things a smaller guy, and it was an interesting. It was interesting going to, the opening day. Um, as far as this, you had this weight clause that Daniel Jacobs had to face where he couldn't be 10 pounds above the middleweight limit. He had to be, uh, 170 on the morning check-in and he ended up coming in at 173. And so this is a hefty price because he had to pay a quarter million dollars for every pound that he missed. So he ended up missing it by... 173.6 I'm guessing they round up so if that's the case that's a cool million that he has to go with as far as a as far as a weight penalty is concerned that's pretty brutal that's pretty brutal and 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 so you're thinking okay is he looking as that as an investment to where you know he's going to be in this uh, position of having all of the advantages from a size standpoint but the problem was it's just like just didn't feel like it, it took about until round seven for him to really turn it on, to feel comfortable with the range, to really let go of his hands. Um, sometimes that's an issue where you just, you, you, you are naturally a big guy. You're maybe not necessarily feeling anything from him, but he is winning. He is winning that those rounds and he is putting that stuff in the bank and he is putting himself at such a distance and such a lead. Like you're, you're in a really, really tough spot from that standpoint because one, you're not the more famous guy, and you know that Canelo gets the favorable judge anyway. So now you're in this position where are you fighting a little bit more desperate? Are you going to be making more mistakes? Things like that open up when you get down that early. Like it feels like you were watching that fight, and I'm watching Danny Jacobs, and I'm like, man, we're already in round six, and it feels like he hasn't he hasn't really pulled the trigger on on anything yet. That's a tough spot to be in. And Gennady was a bit a, a bit the same way where they fought and it, it felt like it took forever for Golovkin to really get going in that fight. And so Canelo was just in this point where, yeah, he's got all these rounds in the bag and now you got half a fight to work with. That's a tough spot to be in, especially knowing that you're fighting a guy who's probably going to get the nod on judge. Look, I've never seen a guy take an ass whooping like he took from Floyd Mayweather and a judge thought he won that fight. Nobody gets a more favorable judge than Canelo Alvarez. So you go into these fights, got to be knowing that I got to do some work because one of these dudes is going to be in the bag as far as it's concerned. So now you got to convince only two people in that building that I won that fight. And to kind of just let half the fight 
waft away is it's it's a tough spot for Danny Jacobs, who you know look this guy's an absolute badass. It, it's not a showing on him. He's been to the absolute tops. We also forget Canelo Alvarez is 29 years old, and it seems like every time he steps to that ring, he's still getting a little bit more savvy. He's just getting a little bit better, uh, whether it be his head movement, whether it be his his defense, whether it be his 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 ability and range. Because look, this is a guy who was steamrolling folks for the long time of his career but all the fights that he's had as long as he has been a, a professional boxer it only seems now over this last three-year span like he's really getting the fine-tuned stuff of the sweet science and that's pretty crazy to think about a guy that's been in our our scope as boxing fans as long as he has good morning Seema how are you man good morning how are things happy Sunday happy Sunday man Woo. happy Cinco de Mayo yes yes is that why you have that drink in front of you Yes, this is actually uh, my magic, uh, my magic formula. Your magic margarita potion. That's right, exactly. I started it in the tequila immediately today. I see the color. The yeah, green. man. Uh, so yeah, just talking about last night's uh, last night's affair. Did didn't you catch see it? it? Dazone, nope, not for you. Didn't see it. <laughs> Don't even care. <laughs> that Dazone's not a great broadcast, man. It's not. It's uh, first of all, they should change it. They should change the pronunciation to Dazen. Dazen. Yeah. Dazed and confused? Yes. <laughs> uh, well, you missed uh, you missed Canelo Alvarez beating Danny Jacobs. Surprise, surprise. Not surprise. Well, I am surprised. I thought you Danny were? Jacobs was going to win. Really? Yeah, I did. I did. I like Danny Jacobs a lot. I so you were talking about the fight. So it was a Canelo runaway? He ran away. He ran away in the, the first, first six the rounds. First six rounds. And put it on cruise control. And, yeah, I think, I think Danny Jacobs really started finding some stuff, but I don't think it was – Enough. Like if you remember the the Gennady fight where it was very similar, where Canelo got out to that big lead, but Gennady was really bringing on the pain in the late part of that fight. Like you're like, oh, he's mm-hmm. he looks like he could he could end up stopping. If this was a a 15 round fight, maybe he's he's really turned this around. It wasn't that. It wasn't that for Danny Jacobs. He he definitely put up a better fight, but you know he wasn't complaining. Nobody nobody had any issues with it. It was about as uncontroversial as it gets as far as a fight's concerned. And now Canelo finds himself in position. He's got three of the middleweight belts. He's probably going to be fighting Demetrius Andrade in September, Mexican Independence Weekend. Are you excited guess. about that fight? Yeah, I'm into. It. I, I like Canelo getting some new blood in there. And and Andrade's a he's a fun fighter. Let's see what he does in June when he has to defend in Rhode Island. But um, you know, he's look, he's he's as big a star as it is. So it really, I think it's a kind of upon somebody else. To really make a name for themselves, to get you excited to fight him because he's he's kind of done everything he can do, right, Sima? As far as a guy who he takes on all comers, so. he takes on bigger guys. Like it, he's one of those rare guys. It's it's tough to to put a uh, it, it's tough to knock Canelo and the and the guys that he's fought. It doesn't feel like he's run scared from anybody really in his career. I don't I don't think so either. And he's fought. You know, he's fought whoever, even when his camp told him, mm, maybe you're over your head a little bit. When he fought Mayweather, people were saying, like, yeah. get get a couple more fights under your belt, then fight him. Right. And but yet, we it, know Mayweather probably would not have taken that fight right. a year later or two years later. Yeah, and I think if you were to say anything about Canelo, you could say, well, he's a guy that he, you know, he always seems like he's getting the benefit of the doubt, whether it was the Ares Landy Lara fight or the Austin Trout fight or – the Golovkin fight, like he's always getting the friendly, the the friendly judge. Like the, they're always, but I mean, after all those fights, can we all can we always just chalk it up to he's the golden pony? He's always gonna get he's the, there's always got to be a guy on the take, or does he just have a style where judges find it pleasing and, I think and he's, he's got easy a to style. judge? I think he's got a style that judges find pleasing and fans find pleasing. He comes to bring it. He comes to fight. It's kind of like that Miguel Cotto-esque style, go to the body, go to the head, just keep coming forward. And that gets fans excited. Yeah. It's an actual fight. Yeah, I think— It's it, not a tactical boxing match and very strategic right. in their approach. Jab, 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 let's play patty cake. He comes to fight. He wants to take you out, you know, until the last six rounds of this fight, apparently. Yeah, and, and even still, you could say, like, look at his head movement. Look at the, the, the defense that— like that was not a Canelo Alvarez that we had five, six years ago. Well, he's also learned over the course of time to create longevity for his career. Yeah, and the 
we'll use Mikhail Cotto as an example of that as well. That guy took some beatings. Yes. Because he wasn't as defensively skilled as we're seeing Canelo become. So he was this exciting fighter, very similar to Manny Pacquiao, this exciting risk-taking fighter that maybe wasn't the most defensive-minded fighter there was, but heavy offensive, created these great fan bases, a lot of intrigue and excitement and people paying to want to watch the fight and see whoever he fought, regardless of who it is. And then in his latter years, he started to become a little more defensive and tactical which is okay because you've still beat the you've still built the base, and you haven't completely abandoned that aggressive offensive nature of your fighting style. Yeah, so it was a good win for him yesterday. Uh, Daniel Jacobs, he was talking about afterwards moving up to 168 pounds. Which, look, if he's uh, if if they're making him do contractual second day weigh-ins, which was crazy. I don't know if you heard this, Seema, that he had to he had to stay within 10 pounds of the middleweight limit overnight. And for every pound he missed, he had to pay up two hundred and fifty grand. That was so, too expensive cheeseburgers. So man, like if you're gonna, if you have to, you make your one, you make your one sixty weigh in, and then the next day you're like, all right, I got to stay within, I got to stay within ten pounds of this. And then if he, but doesn't, I have to be hydrated. But I got to be hydrated. I got. I'm not gonna deplete myself for the fight. I already did that, just making the actual official weigh in. So he's got a cough of a mill, and I think his guarantee is ten with the zone. So. I mean, I guess the mill right, goes I'm, to who? Canelo. I, mean, I think it goes to Canelo. Yeah. So I mean, a mill, but a mill's a mill. A mill's a mill, man. That's great. That I was like, I read that. I you like, do that on the weekend at the club. I was like, that's steep, Don't man. You? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. You Bottles see, and all. You know how I roll. But the, a, a quarter of a million a pound. That's that is so steep. It is. That is steep. Woo. So. That was last night. Canelo Alvarez getting himself a win. Cowboy Cerrone, he was fighting Ally Quinta. He got himself a win. We also tell you a little bit about what we got coming up in a couple weeks. Big, big deal here on the show. We'll tell you about that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, guys. It is Fighters Fury. Tobin and Seema here with you. If you guys just missed it last night, Canelo Alvarez won a unanimous decision over Danny Jacobs, 115-113 on two scorecards, 116-112 on the other ones. Uh, Very, very lopsided early on, very competitive on the second half of the fight. So Canelo gets another belt. He's going to go, the reports are that he's going to go for the WBO title in September against Demetrius Andre if Andre defends in june golovkin is fighting some dude i've never heard of in june as well so it's not surprise, like surprise it's not like he's uh pumping on the pressure to get the canelo trilogy right now but i you know i don't know what the state you know for from gennetti's standpoint i don't know what the pressure is to go get the canelo fight because the way it sounds in these disowned deals is like your deal is what it is i don't think there's a lot of back end to it like your guarantee is your guarantee and you know, I don't think no pay per view. There's no big pay per view. Yeah, I don't, think there's, there's I, don't, I don't think there's like a stream bonus or anything like that. Like Canelo makes thirty five million dollars if two people turn in, tune in, or if two hundred million tune in. I, I, that's the way I understand it. It's a good deal. Sign me up. Not too shabby. Um, but speaking of Danny Jacobs, this is a guy who's uh, he's come back from bone cancer before. Did he fight last night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> But he is a, he's, he's an amazing story, like, as far as just coming back and people said he was never going to walk again, let alone box again. So to be in there fighting against Canelo Alvarez, uh, he's he's used his platform, you know, for people battling cancer for a while. And something that's coming up in a couple of weeks, Seema, is the March for Cancer. Indeed. It's coming up May 18th on at D.C. Alexander Park right there on Fort Lauderdale Beach. You ready? I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm hopping. You got your, your your track shoes ready? I'm ready, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm 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 limbering up. I'm getting ready for it. I saw your running shorts. You got your running shorts on today. Yeah, yeah. You ready to I'm, go? I'm staying hydrated. I got my my Fitbit. I'm getting uh, I'm getting all set for it, man. Good for you. You're prepped. You're gonna get record time. Yep. I'm gonna, well. I was actually gonna see your, if you your get, record. Time. I was gonna see if you guys could get me my time from last year. I gotta of see if course. I can beat it. Of course, I gotta see it because the guys on the uh, the midday show they're like, oh, "You ain't, you're not beating that time from last year." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like, I, I think I will, I think I will." Yeah, you got to step it up every year. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So if you could uh, explain to the people, because I was, you know, I've been letting people know uh, that's coming up in a couple weeks, but it's, uh, you know, you 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 came forth with this idea because of something, uh, a unique standpoint with people battling cancer that people don't often think about when it comes to what they need. 
Indeed, indeed. So we'll we'll go back on the journey. Nine years ago, yeah, man. diagnosed with brain cancer. And as I was going through treatment and uh, going through the the rebuilding phase and, and actually in, in the in the brunt of treatment, two months into my treatment, I was coming in contact with people that from all walks of life that just didn't have a strong support system and didn't have the resources or the family members to something as simple as bring them to and from treatment. So we don't we don't think about all of those quality of life elements. You have individuals that are taking taxi cabs or waiting for the bus to to go in and and get this treatment for their for their cancer which is to strengthen them and to aggressively treat the the affected areas. And these individuals are now susceptible and exposed to other infections. Uh, many of us have been in a taxi cab or a bus at, at some point in our life and right, right. not the cleanest places in the world. Definitely not. So so these are all things that impact you in, in, in other ways. We look at uh, individuals that are faced with work challenge because their treatment is aggressive and they're unable to go in and, and create and earn a living for themselves. And while there's subsidies that are in place to help them with their health care, there are not subsidies in place that will necessarily impact their utility bills or food and, and those types of things. Yeah. So the March for Cancer Fund was was born uh, during my fight with cancer. And while brain cancer is a challenging situation to be faced with, I was extremely blessed to have an amazing support system and to have great doctors and uh, obviously God in control and directing all of that and, and had the faith and trust that I was going to make it through. And with all of those blessings, realized that I was being exposed to this challenge because I needed to do something with it and I needed to impact lives, that God had exposed me to this challenge to look around me and be observant. And now how can I utilize the resources that I've been blessed with to impact their lives? And we challenged our internal team uh, to to come up with an initiative that would help to generate awareness and resources for these people that are faced with the struggle. Yeah. Not just the struggle of cancer, but the struggle of the day-to-day life with cancer. And through that, we created the March for Cancer. And the first event was at Birch State Park uh, nine years ago. And we generated funds and awareness to to help create resources for individuals that needed the help right there, right now, today. And it has grown significantly over the years. Our first event, we had 150 people. And last year, through the grace of God and everyone in this community that has supported the event and allowed it to continue to grow, we had over 1,000 participants who come out at D.C. Alexander Park on a beautiful Saturday morning. I know it's early. But it's an amazing, powerful experience to see people from all walks of life, either survivors, people that just want to serve the community and do good and support in ways that they can, families that are there rallying for either other family members or in memory of those that have been lost. Yeah, it always blows me away. Like every year you go and you see these people who, you know, come together as families. They have almost teams for each other. Yes. Support in that in that kind of way or or just friendship groups that are coming together, everybody who's kind of been involved, or survivors coming together, all that types of stuff, is it, it, it floors you, the kind of um, unification there is on this on this front. Indeed. It's, it's amazing. It's a powerful, emotional moment. Uh, watching the event grow over the years and seeing the people that have stepped up to be a part of it. Uh, we have an amazing team with Memorial Healthcare Systems and Memorial Cancer Institute where the fund lives, the the fund is there at the Memorial Cancer Institute. It's a hundred percent volunteer organization, so we're not uh, we're not generating dollars for administrative fees. We're not generating dollars to find a cure. This is to actually help people. For, so, from registrant one, from the first person that registers to participate in the race, those dollars actually are going to help someone that is faced with cancer. And we have caseworkers on the memorial team that meet with those individuals, those patients, and and 
provide the appropriate level of support. We have amazing stories to share. Young lady, here's a short, quick story. Tell it, man. Young lady, three years ago, was diagnosed with breast cancer at a very critical stage. She was a single mom, three children, diagnosed with cancer, had to go into immediate treatment. She could no longer go to work and generate funds for her family. Uh, So single mom, unable to go to work. Next thing you know, her lights were being shut off and DCF was coming to take her children because she was no longer in a safe environment to have children because she had no electricity. So the fund stepped in and immediately provided utility support and other ancillary support so that she could, during that treatment time, rest assured that she was going to provide a safe home and a safe environment for her children and be in the right mind frame to put up for the fight of her life. Yeah. And now she's cancer-free. That's awesome, man. Living a, a healthy life, and all because of of a fund that's in place to subsidize and support those individuals that are being, being impacted right now today. Yeah, 100%. And it's not saying, like, um, all those things that go for research and all that stuff and the breakthrough stuff. Uh, that stuff's all important, but you you mm-hmm. know that it's not – it, that there are people who need answers now or need yes. or need just support now and this is if a way if if uh you have somebody dealing with this or it's been and uh, these day this day and age it's tough to imagine any of us being in in life and not knowing somebody who has had to battle cancer or has been touched by this um so very if, true if you want to make an immediate impact um marchforcancer.org you guys register for it as Seema said it's uh, it's a great event. It's also a fun event. Like for for as far as you, you go out there with the family, um, you know, y- you bring them out there. It's right there on Fort Lauderdale Beach. It's a beautiful run walk, five uh, k. Every single year, it's uh, it's 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 impressive to see how many people continue. It grows every year, and just one of the the. Ha- I mean, usually you get a thousand people uh, together in a day. Like someone's going to be. Uh, in a grumpy mood, never seen a happier atmosphere as far yeah. as people wanting to be uplifting, uh, supportive of each other. Afterwards, when you guys usually give out the trophies for all of the uh, for the people who participated and and want like man, just people are are so proud and happy of each other that they truly accomplished something, and that it goes forth in that way. That's that's always um, my favorite part of it is just seeing that the they they not only did it but they felt like they did something super important that day and where they did something for somebody they loved that day mm-hmm. or did something in memory of someone they loved that day um it's it, it always it always takes me back a little bit and uh and, and it makes you count your blessings and also just makes you feel better about humans in a in a time yeah. where, where uh, <laughs> sometimes we don't always uh, always appreciate the humanity of life but uh but that that this this is one of those days that always makes you uh you really appreciate that stuff so Indeed. Marchforcancer.org if you guys want to uh, participate and register. Um, can't recommend it enough. And and this is such an appropriate platform to talk about during Fighters Fury because we talk about combat sports. We yeah. talk about fighters fighting for prizes. And, and this is individuals fighting for their life Yeah, that we're, we're all rallying together to support. So the Fighters family, the Fighters Fury family that's out there listening, we encourage you to rally to, to be a part of this amazing event. Support us. It's a beautiful morning. The sunrise comes up on us at uh, 7 a.m. when the race starts, and we shut down A1A, and and it's it's just an amazing, powerful time together, and uh, to do some good in our community and to serve others that are that are actually in a real fight. Yeah, we'll be back right after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM 790, the ticket. All right, welcome back, everybody. Tobin and Seema here with you. Last night you had UFC in Ottawa, Canada. Not a great card. I watched this card. Um, not fantastic. But the you watched of- it. I watched it. I watched it on ESPN <laughs> Plus, man. I watched it, and uh, not a fantastic card. A lot of decisions and not a lot of exciting decisions. Like when we went to uh, like the card down here, Seema. Last week I was talking about the Fort Lauderdale card. And a lot of decisions, but a lot of fun decisions. Those guys, it was back and forth fights, some controversial decisions. You know, just because things go to the judges doesn't mean they're not exciting fights. This is one of those nights where it's tough to find an exciting fight up until the main event where you had Ally Quinta versus Cowboy Cerrone, who uh, two guys who who lay it all out there. 
And Cowboy is just steamrolling right now. Ever since he became a dad, he has not lost. He's won three in a row now after his win over Ally Quinty yesterday. 49-45 on two of the cards, 49-46 on the other two. And he was talking about it. You know, this is an interesting thing that he said afterwards, Seema, because we've known Cowboy. He's got more UFC wins than anybody. And you know if you can get Cowboy a little bit rattled early on in a fight, that's usually downhill for him. He does not usually rally back from that. And he was saying yesterday that it was one of those days in the back room, in the locker room, where didn't feel like doing it, didn't really want to be out there, didn't feel like hitting pads, didn't feel great in that first round. And he said, you know, a younger me, I'm probably losing that fight. I don't think I'm rallying back from that. But he rallied back strong and and was putting you know pedal to the metal the entire way through. It was who's very not aggressive. a Cerrone fan. It's tough to if you don't like the Cowboy Cerrone, you're not friends with me. I, I, I'm sorry. He's he, he's he's and the versatility he had with these kicks, going all Silva with the doesn't front he, kick. Doesn't he look better since he left? One seventy. No, well since he oh, left one seventy. Jacksons. Yeah. Yeah, he looks he looks really good. And I thought his coaches were giving great advice. Throughout the throughout isn't, the, that, isn't that interesting? It is interesting. It is interesting. You know, he's uh maybe maybe it's not even having the weight of having to go go back and back forth. and forth, yeah. just staying in in your one spot. But yeah, he does. He looks really fantastic, really fantastic. And so, you know, a win over Ally Quinta, who's fourth in the world ranked. There's not much elsewhere to go for for Cowboy at this point. Like, oh, du- I love that McGregor fight. Dustin and Khabib Ooh. are gonna fight in September. That's that's not announced, but everybody is pointing that way. That's where it's going to take place in Abu Dhabi. Um, Tony is kind of on the shelf right now. He's been dealing with some mental stuff, and <laughs> and he's trying to get right. So him versus Connor, like it's not only one of these things that made sense beforehand because it's a fun fight, but now like rankings wise, he just be number four in the world. It's only natural that he goes and fights number three in the world. And by the way, these guys have been have been circling each other now for a long time. It's a fun stylistic matchup. I think if, if you're Conor McGregor's camp, not a guy who's probably going to try and take you down a lot. You know that Cowboy's going to go in there and try and throw down. Right. So I don't think you're going to be in any stylistic danger of just being held down and, and kind of neutralized to get yourself a, a Conor McGregor win. Cowboy's yeah. going to come to fight. He is. And, and, if the, and if you go to the ground, he's going to try a submission. He's going to try right. something. He's not going to lay on you right. and, and try to neutralize you. So... Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world that these guys fight. Cowboy says let's do it in July. July's a pretty stacked card as it is right now. We were talking I'm about this during the Cowboy break. didn't say let's do it first of June. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. With a Budweiser in his hand. Because uh, that card right now has John Jones versus Tiago Santos, Amanda Nunes versus Holly Holm, Francis Ngannou versus Junior Dos Santos, Jorge Masvidal versus Ben Askren, uh, Luke Rockle was making his light heavyweight. Dana hates Ben, huh? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I love that fight though. I, I, I do too. I love that fight. I, I, I mean, I think there should have been a Lawler rematch. I think he should have mandated I do too. that. Lawler 100%. got hundred percent. And now Lawler has to go fight Tyron Woodley, a guy who's knocked him out before. Like, yeah. what kind of justice is that? Nothing. That's hard. That's hard times for for Robbie Lawler, man. Yeah. Um, but but maybe Lawler will get some redemption. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he will. But you know, so it's a card that's pretty stacked. I mean, that's 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 a pretty damn good. July card they have. It's not like a Conor McGregor fight's ever going to hurt you, as far as 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 the business is concerned. They save it. But where do Try they to get do those it? Subscriptions up. That's true. Yeah, they really do. They do have to get the subscriptions up. And that them I, and Dazen. I. <laughs> hey man, it's all a step process now. This is yeah. the way the world's going. Apparently. 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 Tobin um, just hit me on a fire stick. Well, you know what it was. Uh, you know it was interesting because I think the pay per view buys just came out for. Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan. I think they were like just over a hundred thousand. Yeah. And for Errol Spence, who fought Mikey Garcia, and I think that's a better fight. But I felt like Terrence Crawford's got the backing of ESPN, and Errol Spence, you know, it's Fox, and Errol Spence did well over half that. I mean, he did over twice that. He did like three hundred thirty thousand buys, and there was a lot of talk between those two about who the bigger guy is, who the A side yeah. would be, and man, Errol Spence's fight Seems like was, the A side to me, and his wasn't on streaming. I mean, his was just straight up pay per view, so that's an interesting one. Supports my point. Does that's why I brought it up, man. Been saying it for years. Just in case you want to bring it to the judge. Stop forcing us. <laughs> Stop strong arming me. Yeah. Well, think about, think about. I know this is deviating conversation, that's but okay. 
think about the the let's the older the the forty plus market. Yes. That let's be honest, those are the guys more interested in boxing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, let's let's be let's be flat out honest here. So you got a fifty five or sixty year old guy at home and he wants to watch the fight. Do you think he's logging on his phone no. and watching it on ESPN Plus? For example, let me. Yeah, Hell no. If I was to explain this to, you know, like my dad, you know, he'd say I'm not watching. He got no time with that. And let me know what happened. That would say. No, I feel old taking the stance that I'm taking. Mm-hmm. I just think that you should offer both. If you want, I'm going to pay five ninety nine on the app and whatever the premium is. Is there a premium to watch the fight, or that's or that's no? Like, well, if you want to watch. Like, for example, UFC has pay-per-view next week, right? right. They have Jessica Andrade, Rose Namajunas from Brazil. It's UFC. The only place you can buy it is on the ESPN Plus app. So you have to subscribe to the app. And then you still got to pay then you the still 70 gotta, bucks? And then you still got to pay the 60 bucks for the fight. So they give you a 5% off, a $5 off? They give off? you the $5 off, which is your subscription Bunch price. Bunch of crap. It's, it's a weasel they should way. Put the, they should put that app and those types of apps they should create a new tab within the app store called Craps. <laughs> well, I can honestly like the one thing you can say about the zone. I know they upped their prices because I'm I'm in the the, the they the, gotta up their prices because they're getting slammed. Dude, I was like I was like uh, I looked at this and because I have the grandfather price of nine ninety nine a month and I got an email. They're like, just so you all know, we're upping our price. And li- and Sima, this wasn't like a Netflix thing where they up it like a dollar, two dollars. They're like, yeah, we're upping it to twenty dollars a month. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so they're like, you're cool. You got your $9.99 a month for the next year, but then we're upping it to 20 bucks a month. I was like, jeez. So, but in fairness to them, look, they're giving me a Canelo fight. They're giving me an Anthony Joshua fight. You know, they're giving me a lot of fights. You and don't I'm not, have to pay and a I don't premium to, there? I don't have to pay an extra. The $10 is the $10, or if you just well, signed up, the $20 deal. is the $20. The UFC is, you get ESPN+, Plus, which the appeal of that is you get the fight night cards and you get all that. And you get, you know, like all the extra stuff on ESPN that ESPN Plus offers you. I only basically use it for UFC. But if you want to buy a pay-per-view, you got to buy it through the app. You're still buying the pay-per-view. It's not like you're not getting any freebies on the major, major cards. You still have to pay for that. So all they're doing is leveraging. All all they did was take out DirecTV. All they did was take out Dish. All they did was take out all the cable providers and slash them out and – the UFC is now, I think they re and, and it also extended their deal. The one thing it did for UFC, the reason they did this gave was them money. gave them money, gave that's, them money. That's it because all ESPN did. That's why ESPN was all in because they couldn't get anybody to sign up for ESPN plus beforehand. Mm-hmm. So they leveraged the, the MMA asset and, and the uh, Terrence and the, the, some of the boxing assets right. to now force people to increase subscriber base, it's, it skews their numbers. Yeah. They're, all they're doing is leveraging those assets. And for the UFC, it puts them in the position of, well, I don't know if they're going to care that. The one thing you can say, if you can they say— They will care when the when the viewership drops. Well, that's the one thing. I, I wonder, though, if it will make the UFC less pressure, because I'm sure they got whatever guarantee they got from ESPN as far as that's our deal, you guys get this rights deal, and you're giving us— the only platform where people can buy these fights, uh, which is going to artificially up your subscribers because if people want to buy a fight, they got to subscribe, right? Right. So from that standpoint, maybe it'll make the UFC more inclined to just put on the right fight instead of just a, a CM Punk or a Brock Lesnar or whatever it may be. They won't, they won't try and squeeze it like that kind of nonsense with those kind of clown fights and just make the best fights. But, you know, it... It is it is going to cut out a piece of your market. Like for example, you know, I don't know how many people are gonna tune in to see Khabib Dustin Poirier or as many people because they just don't have as much access to it. They're like ESPN Plus, what's that? You know, Fire Stick, what's that? Uh Roku p- device, what is that? Like there are plenty of people, like you said, that are just like, that's too many steps, man. Just I I wanna be able to just go on my I already have a direct T V box or I already have a Xfinity box. I just wanna click, boom, have it. And now you're telling me I got to add another device. I get the headache of it. It is if if you're not if you're not into it, you're not into it. Well, what they should do they they obviously because of the, what is it like the the Direct TV or the Xfinity um, 
pay-per-view channel that exists that you that they yeah. used to have these these fights on all ESPN should do and then they get the best of both worlds they get this younger audience that wants to watch fights on apps and engage in their iPad and that, and that sort of thing convert one of these 12 ESPN channels you have into an ESPN pay-per-view channel and broadcast the fight there so if I don't have you know ESPN I think plus I can go and order the fight and watch it because I'm not buying the app. You know what I think it's going to be? Not to get super nerdy. I think it's going to be a thing, though, where, you know, they're going to eventually have a Disney Plus that's going to come out. Like, they're taking a lot of their content from Netflix because they want to be Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I think the plan is is eventually no TV. Everyone's just going to be on this digital stuff. Guess what? You're not. Nope. You're going to read. I'll read. <laughs> I'll read magazines. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you for my updates. <laughs> See what happened. I know too. Like if I even gave you my login, you're like, nah. What? What is it? Extra device? Nah. Just tell me what happened. Old school. <laughs> All right. So next week is UFC 237, a card that Sima will not be. Watching. Who's fighting? Rose Namajunas. She is fighting Jessica Andrade. She's defending her strawweight title. You got. Should be a good fight. Tell me how it goes. I will let you know. Uh, you know Anderson Silva. He's still doing it. Oh. He's taking on uh, Jared Cannonier, the Killer Gorilla. So, cool nicknames. Spider versus Killer Gorilla. That's going down. I'm actually excited about uh, Jose Aldo versus Alexander Volkanovsky. That's a good fight. Good featherweight fight. Jose Aldo's look uh, looked good his last fight. Not, I mean, not bad for old Jose. Looking like he was washed up and now making a little resurgence. Yeah, he did. Good for him. And Brazil, too. You know that. You know what that means. He's going to dance in the crowd. Well, that, and I was thinking also, like, you know, he's going to be on this, you know. On this stuff. He's going to be on that acai. Yes. That horse meat. Azai. Azai. Tiago Alves still doing the thing. Still doing it, man. That's good for him. You know him. what he said? Like I said, I thought that was cool. He says he want, once he is retired, I think he said he's going to fight till he's 38, I think is what he said. And then he's going to go become a cop in Brazil. That's what he wants to do. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Good for him. So, yeah, that's like going down. volunteer, or did he not get paid enough money in fights that he's got to go get a job? No, I think he just wants to do it. I don't know if he's going to be volunteer like Shaq. But yeah, that's what I was I don't know. No, that's what he said he wanted to do. He wanted to go be a police officer. That's a rough place to be a cop. I know. But maybe they'd be like, oh, if, like if somebody was robbing, they're like, oh, are you Tiago Alves? Yes, I am. Here you go. I did it. Sorry. Don't, don't do anything. Don't choke me out. <laughs> uh, and then we got the news this week that Daniel Cormier is going to be fighting Stipe for their rematch why, of their heavyweight Brock title. Brock ain't fighting? Because Brock ain't fighting. Why, why is he not fighting? Did he t- he just can't get off the juice? or? You know, here's the thing. So you want to talk about subscriber problems, right? Apparently you, the WWE also dealing with a big subscriber problem. And doing, yep. Trying to force people to get the crap. Well, they're one of the few I ones. I mean, the app. They, they, they've been one of the few ones where their app has been absolutely successful. But you want to this is what they do. They give you all of the pay-per-views on their on their platform. You could still buy them. Uh, they they do your idea. That's what... Hello. But, in fair, but it's been successful for the most part for them. Everybody did go to this app because instead of paying the $70 a month, you get it for $19.99. That's right. That's how you, that's how you push sign-ups. You give them added value to go to the app. Yep. Don't force everybody to go to the app. Right. Give them added value. So they have a big deal with Saudi Arabia, which has been kind of controversial because they don't let their women wrestlers wrestle in Saudi Arabia. But Saudi Arabia wants to see the big stars, the kings, the sultans. They don't want to see some new newbies. They want to see Brock Lesnar. They want to see The Undertaker. They want to see the biggest. So Hey, I'm, bring Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair back. Give them that. They will. Trust me. They, if, if, they, if they can put a vitamin in them. Let me tell you back. something, brother. So Brock Lesnar, it was announced basically the day after he quote unquote retired or is staying retired. Next day, Saudi Arabia signed up for June. Who's going to be there? Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So with a big big money. That's right, big money. So Daniel Cormier is now taking on Stipe. Not the fight I imagine. Uh, we know that he wanted the Brock Lesnar fight because he wanted the big payday. The thing I just want to wonder with DC is he put this hard date that he was going to retire when he's forty. Isn't he 40? He, he is 40. And so how much longer is he going to go? Like, 
He's going to fight somebody that he could potentially beat, and that's it, because he's not fighting Jones again. <sighs> I you think, think he's right. going to fight? Well, look, Jones has fought. This is going to be his third fight coming up in July. And he's going to – so think about winning the belt back and then maybe two defenses. And that I don't the – only, the only thing with Jones is that division is one of those ones where, like, they're really lacking in contenders for him. And it's just – a part of it is he's just so damn good. The only thing I can see is if Luke Rockhold, who I believe is fighting on this card, if he wins this fight, I think him and Luke make a lot of sense. He's a former champion. You could sell John on that. You know, Luke is a teammate or an ex-teammate of uh, DC's. There's some bad blood there. But then what? Like, what? you know, doesn't John eventually have to look at that and say, yeah, we got to do the DC fight. Let me go take his belt at heavyweight. Let me do it. And I can't imagine he I, may he may, but I don't think that DC even if has, I don't think that DC has any interest in potentially losing his belt at heavyweight to John Jones. Do you know what that would do to him psychologically? I mean, he like, cares though. Like, he's retired. He cares. He cares about that kind of stuff. So much money. He's very he's in a very emotional dude. I, I tell you what, I'm one of these guys where it comes down to that matchup. I'm not that thrilled about seeing it again because I know it's going to happen. If Cormier was going to fight John Jones, he was going to fight him in his first fight back after the suspension he was because that be... was his best shot to beat him because he was going to be a little off and as clean as possible. As clean as possible, and he was going to be—he was not going to be in rhythm. You no. can't possibly be in fight rhythm, not fighting. Now, mind you, as clean as possible didn't stop John Jones from having all these old peptides or whatever the hell it was coming up in the system but they said that was old drugs that's right not new drugs that's old drugs it time lapsed so don't worry about it but they've expired in his system come on i do wonder though they're not active like he caught stipe that was a good competitive fight until he caught stipe on that break with a with a with a short shot right inside and i I yeah i mean in some ways and i think he's kind of admitted that he's like i can't beat him any better than that i mean you're talking about the most decorated heavyweight champ of all time in stipe um I don't think this is an is easy he? fight for him. Yeah, I mean, he's had the most defenses. Oh. Yeah. That's why I don't say best. I say most decorated. Okay. Because I don't necessarily think Stipe is the best. No, time is everything, huh? Yeah, but I think if you have the most defense, you are the most decorated. I try and describe it like that. I didn't realize he had the most defenses. What is it, four? I believe it is four, yes. Well, and, imagine and that. And to his point, I think the only, the, nobody did it three, nobody's done it three times. I think the most was twice. Imagine that. It's crazy, right? Yeah, but most of these other divisions, it's guys that have, Defended for eight forever. years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and look, that division, if, if if you make a mistake, lights out. Look for him. Took on DC and made a little mistake. DC, boom. Short shot right inside. Done. Done. And Steve is a great boxer. A great boxer. I'm he a, got a, caught. But wasn't he winning? Like what isn't he winning at that point? It was close. He was starting to. It was close. He was starting to really tee off a little I, bit. Got comfortable. Been, yeah, I think I think he got to a point where they were both engaged. I mean, it hadn't been so much where DC was taking him down a lot, but when they got into that short little that that short little exchange in the, in the scramble, they they were about to break off the clinch. Boom. So I mean, that's that's crazy though. You're talking about a guy. If you, if you trust anybody's hands in that division, I trust Stipe's. And to lose like that, just just you know, it's it's one of those things where that's not pure boxing. That's and that's one of those he, things where it's dirty. How did he not get an immediate rematch? Oh, it's crazy. But after defending, he's the most decorated heavyweight in the history of the UFC. Defended four times. Da 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 da. I waver on this though because I I don't necessarily love the idea of you have to get an re- immediate rematch. I know they've done it, and but so if anyone's going to get one, he should. But. I think it's probably better that time goes a little bit on. Who has who has Stipe fought since? Nobody. I didn't think so. No, he hasn't fought anybody. And and uh, Cormier fought Derek Lewis, which was going to be a walk in the park for him. And I think they paid him a lot of money. Remember, there was that MSG card where there was a bunch of stuff that fell out, a bunch of a bunch of fights. So they were desperate. They were scrambling. So they put DC on there with Derek Lewis, um, made easy work of him, and then. He was waiting for the Brock fight, and the Brock fight's done, so now he's fighting Stipe. How many pay-per-view buys on ESPN Plus do you think this fight next week's going to get? 12? Oh, this one? 12? Yeah, I can't imagine it's going to do great, man. The, the, with, with... Do they release the numbers? No. Yeah, no, I think they, so. There was, uh, don't think... do that, ESPN. No, they don't release them. I think there was – it's the same deal. Well, UFC didn't release them either. It was all just rumors, like you'd have to get from, like, blogs. Yeah, Stuff but like those guys get facts from the cable, the cable providers. Numbers. 
Yeah, I mean, I got to imagine you can get a source inside ESPN, can't you? Like, I, I can't imagine that those people who get those reports, I'm sure that they could work hard to get sources there as well. I know that the the first one they did, Max Holloway versus Dustin, I don't think that broke 200. I, I wouldn't be surprised, although I would have paid for it. Oh, yeah, if you were allowed to. I went to quarter deck. <laughs> uh, are you going so uh, on the TV? Are you going next week to Rumble at the Rock Five? Or are you out of town? I'll be there. You'll be there. Yeah, I'll see you there, man. Well, if you guys want to check out some local boxing, go check out uh, Rumble at the Rock next week. I'm looking forward to seeing Ivan Ditchko because he's a giant Russian. Really? Yeah, six nine. Ivan what? Ivan Ditchko. Doesn't that sound like a South Park character making fun of Ivan Klitschko or uh? Uh, Klitschko? Yes, Klitschko. I don't know. I'm not going to tell him that. Uh, I'm going to. I'm not going to tell him his name is funny though, because he's he's scary big. Big, big dude. So it's a heavyweight fight, I would assume. Yeah, six rounds. It's scheduled for. I can't imagine it's going to go past one though. His fights don't go very long. No. Whatever he hits, he destroys. I think I see this guy fight before. You have? Have you seen? Yeah. He fought, he's fought at the Hard Rock a couple of times. Yeah, I've seen him fight. Big dude. Yeah. One time he fought a dude. It was it was not an entertaining fight, and it was just like the guy he fought in there was there to take his take his his cash and go home. Does that say Oliver McCall versus Alicia Castillo? Is this a misprint from two thousand one? I don't know, man. I got that off. I got off. The, I got the card off ESPN. Oliver McCall's fighting. It's got to be. It's got to be like a junior or something, right? Alicia Castillo is back from those days too, early two thousands. Well, McCall was even older back then, but. That's what Oliver they McCall. That's what they got listed now, man. For next week. Wow. Rumble at the Rock Five next Friday. Friday. So yeah, man. Everybody have a great rest of your week. You miss any of the show, download the podcast. You guys can get it on iTunes, all those platforms. Just look up for Fighters Fury, radio.com, all that stuff. And we'll talk to you guys next week. All right, guys. One little extra note before we get on out of here. Wanted to do a little bit of a rundown of UFC two thirty seven. Ran out of time on the main show. So let me do that here. Next week, UFC 237 from Brazil. You have, it is headlined by Rose Namajunas. Thug Rose taking on Jessica Andrade. Rose is defending her women's strawweight title, I believe, for the, the second or third time. She beat JJ twice. Then that, the whole uh, bus thing. I don't think she's fought since then. Yeah, her last fight was in April of last year. So she's it's been a while since we've seen Rose in there. Jessica Andrade, tough matchup. Jessica is really, really strong. I'm going with Rose just because I feel like I over under, always underestimate Rose Namajunas. And, you know, those fights over JJ were super impressive. Now, it's a bit of a different matchup. You're going in there with just an absolute tank, whereas... JJ's you, you're taking on Joanna she's light on her feet she's coming with striking in multiple spots and I don't know if Rose felt like she could really be hurt in that fight whereas with Jessica you know Jessica can hammer she can crack for her size so this is an interesting one Rose has a lot of tools though I don't feel like she could be put in a real bad position so I'm going to take the champ to defend her title this one interests me a lot middleweight co-main event Anderson Silva's taking on Jared Cannonier. the killer gorilla is taking on Spider Silva and, you know, one of these things with Anderson, I just feel like he gets into these fights with these young bucks and he gets in there with guys who are trying to make names off himself. And I feel like he almost wants to allow them to do that in some weird ways. Like he doesn't go in there with this instinct to go out there and, and beat the holy hell out of him. You know, Anderson, you know, he's he's had the suspension. He just had the fight with Israel, which was a fun fight. But Israel definitely won that fight before that. at Derek Brunson. A lot of people thought Derek Brunson got hosed on that and had the Daniel Cormier fight, you know, of course had a suspension in there mixed as well. The Bisbing fight was absolutely outstanding, but he lost that fight as well. I mean, man, if we're talking about a good, solid, actual win for Anderson Silva, we are talking, I mean, Jesus guys, we're talking back Stefan Bonner. That's pretty crazy. Just looking this flat out on Wikipedia. The last time, Anderson Silva flat out just won a fight that didn't result in a steroid test. It is just in the books as a win that wasn't controversial. If we took away the Derek Brunson fight, we're talking October of 2012 when he beat Stefan Bonner. That's bananas insane. Wow. So he's going in there with Jerry Cannonier, who is by in comparison younger to Anderson Silva. He's 35 years old, but he's coming off a nice win over to her. 
David Branch. Uh, I'm going to go with Cannonier to get the win, man. Like that kind of just floored me seeing that. And I don't know if he's looked out of water, like he hasn't looked washed in all these fights, but that's a long time for Anderson Silva to go out. That record is is pretty icy looking at it, man. This, I think, is going to be the best fight of the night, though. Jose Aldo versus Alexander Volkanovsky. You got Jose Aldo who's coming off wins over Hanuta Maikano and Jeremy Stevens just act, looking absolutely vicious, looking like a resurgence is coming for Jose. And then Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, and he has just been steamrolling, folks. He has won 15 fights in a row. His last was a vicious win over Chad Mendez. And this is a big one, man. I would say whoever wins this fight probably puts themselves in line for a title shot um, against Max Holloway. Jose would probably be a little rough because he's gotten two losses. But if Volkanovski wins, you could probably pen that in for a fight with with Max. Um, you know, assuming Max wants to go back down to featherweight, I assume he does because after his loss to Max, uh, after his loss to Dustin Poirier, but. You know, say he doesn't. This is a this is a true contendership fight, and BJ Penn is going to be fighting Clay Guida. Oh, Betchko is on this fight too. She's taking on Reen uh, Aldana. So if you guys are a fan of Betch, she is back in there as well. Be interesting to see what happens with BJ. I can't imagine he's going to get a win either. I can't have faith in that. So big things to look out for in this fight. I would say the two ones I'm most excited about are Jose versus Alexander Volkanovski and Rose against Jessica. And I guess if Anderson, I mean, there are, there has been some rumbling that this could be Anderson's last fight. If that's the case, obviously we'd like to see him get a win to end this thing. But, man, that's pretty rough to look at. You see that he doesn't have a, a, a win on his record page that counts outside of that very controversial decision of Derek Brunson uh, since Stefan Bonner in 2012. That's bananas. And I know, look, I know in the midst of that that his leg broke. I know in the midst of that there's been steroid tests. Even still, we're talking seven years since the man who's regarded as one of the greatest of all time at one point was regarded as the greatest of all time. Not a win to speak of. Pretty wild. Anyway, we're out of here. Everybody have a great rest of your day. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.